there was a great conversation last week as we talked to Scott and his call to go into the unreached in the Middle East. And today we're going to continue with that uh, theme as we have a conversation with Kelvin and Nero. Uh, Kelvin and Nero are leaders in our in our midst, and they have done a great job leading a church, multiplying workers. And God has now positioned them and called them to uh, go and go into an unrich part of the world and lay down their lives for the gospel. And I just know we're going to be blessed as we talk about the calling and the great commission and the passion for unrich peoples. Welcome, Kelvin and Nero, to the podcast. Thanks, Dave. Good to be here. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. Um, guys, uh, so good to see your passion and your heart to go. Uh, tell me, um, why not live a disciple discipling life here in Australia? I mean, why do you have to go overseas? We're hearing so much about the nations coming into our nation, the, 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 the refugees, the many communities. Why not just devote yourselves here? I mean, I don't want you to go overseas. I'll be missing <laughs> you guys. And, uh, yeah, tell me why. Mm. Great question, Dave. And it comes down to the call of God. Um, at the heart of it, behind all the different layers, is just the call of God and the sense that mm. He, we feel He says to us, "Go." Yeah. And that word has a lot of layers. Sometimes it's just a word out of the blue. But part of the way that that God spoke to us was also this word of, um, "If you don't go, who will?" Yeah. Um, for for this country in particular, where there are so few people who love God, um, who will tell them and. Um, yeah, and we just have a conviction on our heart yeah. because of that. Yeah, and I think, you know, reading through the Gospels, this theme just keeps coming through Jesus' teachings of, hey, you've got to lay your life down. You've got to take up your cross. You've got to mm-hmm. die to your dreams, die to the things that you think um, are, are great ideas to then have resurrection life, you know, to have a new dream that God births in you. And um, it doesn't really matter on one hand where that is, but each of us as believers still have to seek God, have to go through that process. And I think if you go through that process and it comes out that God says, hey, it's Melbourne, <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's right here in front of you, then mm. awesome. Then then you better do that. You better not get on a plane and go somewhere else, you know. Um, but if, if you go through that process and God says, hey, it's this other nation over there, it's this tribe that's never heard of, of Jesus, then who who are we to say, no, sorry, I've got to stay in Melbourne? We, we can't do that. At, th- at that point, it becomes... Hey, this is our love for God. This is our obedience to God. We, we, this, this is how we show God we actually are following Jesus. We, we've got to go, and um, and and so it's that process of actually just taking the words of Jesus seriously and believing that all of us have to do that. Um, if you follow Jesus, you've got to lay your life down. It, it's a, you know, it's not more yeah. complicated than that. Yeah, and from the very beginning, when Jesus started his mission, his calling, he didn't start a a, a whole bunch of people that stayed. From the very beginning, he created That's disciples it. that went. And so so this Jesus movement that's been going has always been a missionary movement, hasn't it? It's yeah. always been a, yeah. a, a, a movement that goes. Um, we know that you can't share about the location um, uh, in specifics, but give us some general hints uh, mm-hmm. because security uh, means that you can't actually name the place. Sure. Tell us about where you're going. Yeah. It's... Uh, it's a nation in Central Asia. Um, so this is the nation that I guess we've been praying for for numbers of years that we've wanted to go to. And um, and so we this this nation is over 99% um, Muslim and it is uh, 
very high on <laughs> the open door watch list of you know persecution and so it, it's it's not a nation that is hospitable necessarily to the gospel but it is a nation that has increased hunger so um, the workers that have been there for years and years are all reporting the same thing which is that in, in the last several years there's been this increase of hunger to know of this man in white of this Jesus who who has good news and so it's a nation that's uh, very poor and a lots of need so there's lots of different ways in which um, they need practical help uh, aid projects human development all that kind of stuff but there is this also this real gospel need um, of of people needing to go it's not at a place yet where the, the indigenous church can do the job themselves it's still in a place where it needs outside workers to step mm. in and to actually bring good news mm. Mm. and um, as you as you look back and you, you're getting caught into a, a very a difficult, unreached area. How do you think God has really prepared you for this? One of our main reflections over the last few months as we look forward um, has been on the way that God prepares a person Mm. and this idea that God prepares us for hard places, sometimes not by deliberately putting ourselves in hard places or going through Survivor or something like that, (laughs) but just by living as as a disciple of Jesus in Mm. the midst of our normal life. And there's plenty of suffering and (laughs) plenty of mundane waiting um, that is a training ground for us as we prepare to go. Um, Living with young kids, working a job and trying to juggle the, the competing priorities of life, these are the spaces that God invites us to uh, walk with intimacy with him, to walk by the spirit, to walk by vision. Um, And yeah, our conviction is that the best training that we can have for a future that could be difficult um, is is to fully embrace and follow God in in the current season. Mm. Yeah. Do you remember this really specific word? We we visited this nation that we have been preparing to go to um, a few years back and Um, As we were leaving the country, we were just kind of debriefing between ourselves and kind of going, okay, well, if this is where we're headed in the next few years, like what's our priority for these next three years back in Australia? You know, how do we need to prepare? And God God just felt like he just spoke some simple words into our hearts. And it, it really was around what Kelvin just said, this idea that see everything that you experience in life as your preparation um kind of live really presently in in the season that you're in and see that as your preparation and so um really simple things like scripture memory i started to make a scripture list of what are the scriptures that i think i'm going to need in this nation and you know so memorize psalm 31 and you know was saying those words the other day to myself saying like praise be to the lord for for he showed me the wonders of his love when i was in a city under siege you know well one day i might be in a city under siege and that I need to know that that scripture, you know, so just real simple stuff around getting the word in our hearts, um, experiencing difficulty in life, whether it's kids or something else as God's training. That's how we prepare ourselves, you know, uh, for, for the next season. And one specific word that came in that season was mm. was God really urged us to work on our marriage. Yeah, um, we uh through other people that lived there and then just a sense of us as we prayed returning to Melbourne from that scouting trip. Um, God said, if you want to bear fruit in this country, you need to have a really rock-solid marriage. And so that's been one of the focuses of the last few years. It's not like we were, mm. were, were feeling any any distress or strain in our marriage, but um, it's been a, a 
uh, incentive for us to put deeper roots, yeah. uh, to build um, a stronger um, and yeah. more unified marriage. Mm. Mm. Just fantastic and really uh, dispels the myth that, you know, getting on a plane changes you. Um, mm. But, you know, you really need to learn to live as a disciple now so that 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 elusive one day, you know, when I get to that place, one day God will use me greatly, actually yeah. be the disciple today because that mm. sets the foundation for being the mm. disciple tomorrow and wherever yes. God has you. And uh, that, that um, vital part of just living both internally, Scripture, um, doing that. And, and it's been a bit more than that with you guys. You've really learned how to build team. You've learned um, New Testament models of church by having uh, a church in your own home and multiplying mm. workers. And do you want to just draw that out a bit uh, for us? Mm. Sure. So I guess before we got married, um, Kelvin was leading a disciple-making team at a university. I was um, kind of pioneering in another state of Australia. And I think in in that season before we were married, we were learning a lot about um, pioneering. I still think Mm. about some of those lessons as we now get ready for the next season. It feels like coming full circle into that kind of a season of kind of not having a lot of support structures around you, but kind of going ahead and, and, and seeing something start from the ground. So lots of hours of prayer of, you know, small prayer meetings where you're really carrying the heart of God, but it, it's not a large, big team yet, you know? Um, and then when we got married, starting to gather people to pray around a vision for the lost. And I think um, over these last six years that we've been married and growing this team of people in this church, I, I think it's been this learning these lessons around what does it look like to persevere in prayer when, you know, your passion ebbs and flows? What does it look like to um, ride those things out, to still have passion for the lost when you're tired, to learn what it is to rest, learn what it is to go hard, uh, fasting together, um, prayer walking different regions. These are all things that in the next season, as we go to a new country, it's really just this continuation of the same things we've been doing. We're just in a different location, but these lessons of learning to hear God, learning to wait on him, learning to, um, look out for people of peace to have spiritual conversations. Uh, we're going to be doing that in new culture, but they're not new skills. Mm. They're actually these, these same things that we've been drilling down into our self that are like second nature to us now that we've been learning for the last 10 years. And I think, um, yeah, I'm so grateful in some ways that, that this is what we're coming out of. It's just really just taking the next step. It's not starting something new. Yeah. So good. Um, remember being, uh, missions pastor in a church and, having people come through and the idea of ministry starts when you're out there was very, it was right. very strong rather than it being just a continuation of being a disciple here. And even in concepts of church, you know, because we, we accept ideas of what is church um, out on the mission field. But when we come home, we think in totally different categories of what is church and what does this look like. And so being able to live that out, a, a model that you could actually say that could be reproduced and, and you've got those kind of foundational things is awesome. Yeah. You know, as we, as we drill down a bit further... Um, into your call. Um, tell us some of the things that's um, internal, um, some of the, the heart and the passion stuff. Uh, uh, it's it's all very good just to talk about a call to mission, but there's something that has to happen inside mm. of us that's more mm. than just a, oh, yeah, I read this and I buy this and we casually go out to mission. God has, <laughs> God has wrought something in the heart. 
uh, he has done things that are deep. Mm. So, uh, as much as you want, draw us into those spaces. Mm. Yeah, sure. One of the big reflections that I've been having as we prepare to go is um, how the human heart has, just has a limited capacity. Mm. Um, and what I mean is that um, when we first sensed this call from God, maybe five years ago, we were so excited and just such a, a, a bubbling up genuine love for the people for the country, the sense of like, ah, oh, maybe we can just go now and not, you know, not, not do the next five years. Um, just a, a desire. God, we want to go. We want to obey you no matter what. Yeah. Um, and that was there and that was real. But now as I reflect back, I'm, I'm surprised at how, um, how fundamentally important it is to protect and guard that heart, that it's mm. not just, uh, it's not a given that, once God speaks this word that we'll have this passion and desire that will continue, but we have to cultivate it and choose to hold on to it. Um, and the, the, the fact that there are so many, uh, good reasons that can convince us to let go of that, um, mm. desire, um, that, that sense of call, um, from work, um, especially when we had a family, had a few kids. Um, there was a moment this year where the door, uh, to enter the country that we are intending to go to has actually closed uh, for a season. Um, and there were a few other options on neighboring countries or related countries. Um, but we just genuinely asked God the question, what should we do? And when we laid out um, reasons to do various things, there are a lot of good reasons to mm. stay. You know, we have our team here. There are other ideas, other things that excite us, even mobilizing prayer for this country. Mm. Um, but then we stopped and we prayed and God said, Hey, remember the word, remember mm. the word I gave mm. you, um, the word to go, um, the word to obey the great commission, um, in a really simple sense. Um, and it was, it was a profound moment for us to say, Hey, remember that let's be reminded and let's not be distracted mm. from that call. Mm. Um, and as we've said yes to that, that those desires have come back, yeah. the, those passions have, it's like God has yeah. built on top of them again. Yeah. I think, um, I, for me, one of some of the really formative stuff when I was even a teenager was reading biographies. So reading, you know, um, Jim and Elizabeth Elliot's life Mm. and some of these guys in the, in modern history that have gone out, laid down their life for Jesus. And I just remember it gripping my soul in this really deep way. Like I, this, this is what I'm made for. Like I, I can't do anything else with my life. As long as there are people who are dying without the knowledge of Jesus, like this is it. Like, and so when we, before we started dating, that was one of the first questions we actually asked each other. Oh, I asked Kelvin was like, so well, how do you, oh, I don't can't remember who asked who, but what do you feel about unreached people groups? And you know, he said something like, oh, well, you know, well, that's, that's what we should do. Like that, that's what I, that's what I meant to do with my life. And I remember thinking, okay, well at least, okay, I can have a relationship with, you know, like, <laughs> well, you know, we, we can actually consider this as a serious thing, but you know, it was this really core thing of particularly, um, as soon as we got married, this, this growing sense of God, where are the, where are the places people are saying no to? Mm. Like, where are the places that, that there, that you want to reach, but the people that you maybe are calling are saying, Oh no, that's too hard. Oh, oh, that's, that's too costly. We can't go there. God, we want, we want to say yes to that. God, would you just, would you just take us? We want to go there. And, and just out of this, this depth of 
this is what Jesus is longing for. Like this brings a smile to God's face. Like he, he is longing for people to know him. And, and by obeying him in this, this brings joy to the father's heart. This, this delights God. If I love God, don't I want to bring delight to his heart? Don't, don't I want to do the thing that he is longing for? And, um, I think, you know, some, some days that feels stronger in me that this idea of I'm doing this out of just love for God. Some days it's, it's more out of a, a longing for the lost, you know, but, but either, either one, it's like, oh, this, this is what we were made for. That, that's the thing that, that, um, that often rises up within. I can't say no, I can't turn away. This is what we were made for. Yeah. There's a lot of the, the preparation of, um, of God it doesn't start like five minutes ago, right? We we look right. back in our lives and we see how how God has called us even from young ages, uh, mm. and He, he yeah. plants ideas and thoughts and foundations and calling. So good, so good. I, mm. I know, um, you know, in the seventies, um, it, it was really out of the the teachings of Donald McGavran and others that we started to coin the idea of unrich people groups. And that became quite strong in the 80s in the mission world of uh, groups that were, were bounded by culture or context or um, language or religion or, or a combination of all those things that are, that are that basically needed a, a specific strategy to engage and see a multiplying church um, multiplying what we would call disciple-making movements today, um, really develop and plant amongst them. Tell us a bit about your heart for unrich people groups um, and and why are they important? Mm. Yeah, I think the core of it is something that Calvin often says, but he, is if we as, as believers who know Jesus right now in the West or wherever we are, um, if we just go about our life just seeking to reach those around us, our neighborhoods, you know, the people we have access to, um, all of that's awesome. But the gospel will never reach these places that we're talking about. You know, me, me just going about my life, being a good citizen, living a, a good, quiet life, loving Jesus, loving my neighbor. That's awesome. But if that's all the church does in the West, we will never see people in Central Asia, people in the Amazon, in South America, uh, other tribes in India. We will never see these people come to know Jesus. The heart of God will go unsatisfied in that stuff. He, he will long for his people and they will not know him. Mm. And so it, it, unreached people groups, it's, it's not really an option for us as a church in the West. It's kind of this is if we are serious about um, fulfilling what God has given us to do. If we're serious about God's heart um, being filled with joy as his children come home, then this needs to be kind of front and center in what we're talking about and kind of looking around going, well, is it you? Is it me? <laughs> you know, who, who's called? And, and kind of having that open conversation, not mm. not that we expect it to be the exception, kind of like, oh, wow, you know, you're, you're called to go overseas. What a surprise. But actually like this expectation in our churches, oh, well, who is it? Who is it among us that's called to go? Because I'm sure somewhere amongst us, there are many who are called because this is what we are, what we are called to do. So I think it's really born out of this sense that, um, the great commission will not be fulfilled mm. if we only apply it to our local context. Mm. Um, there are millions who we really will never hear. Mm. Um, mm. To that yeah. Yeah. Everything Nero said and, um, just the emotion of grief really, um, mm. 
the kingdom of God is is such a, a generous and life giving thing, um, and the thought that there are entire people groups that don't get to taste it, that don't even have the option to enter the kingdom of God that Jesus is inviting them into, is um, um, yeah, it just makes us so sad. Uh, that grieves our hearts. Yeah. yeah, wonderful. Just this uh, kind of biblical framework in 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 this gospel will get preached to all ethne, all people groups, and then the end will come. And so God's big purpose of from Scripture we see is that the gospel would uh, would be reaching all peoples, and then the prophetic fulfillment in Revelations that all nations tribes and tongues will be gathered mm. and to worship, and things are incomplete. Yeah. It was, I think, John Piper who said, "Mission exists because yes. worship does not," and um, uh, just a, a wonderful, wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, draw us into your world. You're just about to launch out. You, you, we're coming into the end of the year, and you're planning to be boots on the ground next year. Um, what's your current challenges? What's going on uh, mm-hmm. with your world? Uh, how can we also be praying for you as people are listening? Mm-hmm. I know a number who who are listening to this will be knowing you and would love to to be praying mm. for you and standing with mm. you. Draw us into some of those current challenges. Mm. <laughs> well, if if you could see some of the spaces of our home, you would see that <laughs> one of the challenges is to figure out how to pack up a life and mm. uh, get a life into boxes and um, mm-hmm. get rid of a lot of things. And, and honestly, I mean, I think, you know, I, I grew up as a missionary kid, so I'm familiar with this from the child's perspective but leading this space as the parents of the home and figuring out how you um yeah get kids and stuff all packed up and ready to go it it really is challenging i think we we battle a daily sense of yeah there's this feeling of overwhelm that kind of Mm. pulls at the corners of our brain constantly and uh Mm. to really go okay god we can trust you day to day to Mm. tell us okay today what what boxes do we pack you know what do we do today how do we take the next step so that in in a month or two months we can we can get out of here so um yeah that that's one big challenge yeah Mm. yeah and in, in the midst of that, we would love prayer for our family. Mm. You know, I mentioned that, that uh, temptation to feel overwhelmed. And one of our biggest desires for this season is that that wouldn't sort of spread to our kids, that mm. um, that our kids would have a sense of groundedness, of living a full life while we're still here, um, and that this transition wouldn't just be a three months of adrenaline and rushing and, mm. and dizziness for them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's for our yeah. family. And, and then I think on a on a spiritual level, uh, very much relates to what you were saying before, Dave, that there's this myth um, that I'm tempted to believe that once I get off the plane in this foreign country, I'll suddenly be this, um, this disciplined, uh, spiritually alive, um, focused person. And I feel like um, God is, uh, that, that this season has been a, an invitation from God to reflect on the last season. Um, mm. And, as we do that to see oh, what, what kind of people do we need to be now and going forward and mm. be, and with intentionality uh, mm. to, to, uh, to bear fruit in, in this country that we're yeah. going to. Yeah. Um, and two things that uh, I have felt really challenged about um, and, and even yeah, areas where it's easiest for me to grow dull um, is firstly a sacrificial commitment to personal prayer, um, to be found in intimacy, mm-hmm. um, consistently building an inner world with God um, of love, of intimacy, of 
mm. walking by the spirit. Mm. Uh, so that's the first one. And then, and then secondly, um, uh, just the simple, uh, but consistent, um, practices of a disciple maker that, you know, DMM is, is not complicated, but it's, it's not easy to get out every day and do the things that we see in scripture to search for a person of peace, to be in, in, in other people's worlds, serving mm. people, having open eyes, praying, um, sharing Jesus in appropriate ways, inciting groups. Mm. Um, just easy to get distracted. And I feel like God has been saying, I'm, I'm asking you to have, a fo- ha- have focus um, as we transition. Mm. So, miss our hearts. In, in hearing you guys, one of my big takeaways right now is, you know, do we have a dream? Is there a dream? Live it now. You know, yeah. Yeah, don't mm-hmm. wait for the future. Start to live mm-hmm. out what you're called to be right now, today. Mm. Mm. Uh, do you have a dream of what it's to look like? We'll start to live that and out today. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. As you, as you look forward, um, what are you going to do? <laughs> well, um, Kevin mentioned it briefly, but the nation that we've been preparing to go to, it's it's not possible to enter that nation at the moment. So we have felt God open the door to go uh, to a neighboring country that has very similar people groups, similar language, and just get started. And and get started, I guess, um, means um, we feel led to get there and focus on praying and learning the language, um, getting connected into the culture, having a language helper, just getting immersed in that world. And that's it really, you know, to immerse ourselves and to be learners, to just um, focus on learning uh language, culture, learning God's heart, um, and kind of eyes open, hands open, um, truly be students uh, for, for probably a very long time. But that's initially, I guess, our focus, and to be hearing the Lord about uh, where to focus and, and even being led to people of peace right from the beginning. Um, there won't be existing projects that we'll be stepping into, so it'll be truly kind of awaiting on God, watching and uh, starting from the beginning. Fantastic. Well, I'm so encouraged and I'm so enriched uh, hearing from you guys and seeing some of the the things that are happening in your hearts as God has really poured into you over the years and now you're you're stepping out that call and I'm really looking forward to seeing how God uses you in the future. As we finish, is there anything that you'd love to share with the people who are listening? Yeah, um, so I was thinking about this um, this scripture that's been really uh key in the journey for the last probably 10 years of taking steps into disciple making is um, in John uh, chapter 12 and where Jesus says um, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies it remains alone Um, but if it dies um, it produces many seeds and he goes on to talk about how you know this is what he's going to do with his life he's going to lay it down and this will glorify the father and um for me, um, my journey into where I am at the moment began with me having lots of dreams that had nothing to do with what I'm currently doing. (laughs) I had dreams about what ministry could look like and how I could use my gifts. And my life looked really different to what it looked like right now. And this was the word that came really, really powerfully to my heart. And, and God saying, Hey, you may not, you may not understand what I'm asking you to do, but say yes, say yes to the lost, say yes to orienting your life around um, the harvest, around the world that doesn't know Jesus. Right now, you don't feel like that's your passion, but just take this next step, be the, be the grain of wheat, go down into the die, let your dreams die 
and see what I do. And um, I think my, the encouragement, uh, as I think of uh, you listening to this podcast right now, is it. I don't know what dreams you're carrying in your heart. I don't know that sense of, um, you know, what is it that uh, you think you're good at? You think, you, you know, you've got to offer God, but whatever it is, I think the call of God comes to us as, Hey, lay it down, lay down the thing that you want to hold on tightly to lay down, even your life <laughs> um, and, and put it in the ground and, and let God resurrect something that, that isn't under your control. It isn't under your grasp at the moment. For me, that process of, of laying down my life, it led to God birthing dreams that, that now I look at and I think, wow, this is fulfilling. This is what I'm passionate about. But the passion came out of laying down other things. And, uh, and, uh, I think that's still God's call to us. It's, it's lay down your life, lay down your passions, lay down your dreams. Let me resurrect and give you a life that is birthed in my power. That's, that's, uh, not out of your strength, not out of a sense of, um, power that you feel in yourself, but it's birthed in my power. It's, it's my life in you. And, uh, and I pray and we pray uh, for you right now that Jesus would uh, birth his dreams in you, dreams that um, that maybe right now you can't even fathom them. You can't imagine what that could look like. But as you lay down your life, God would give his life to you. He would birth his dreams, dreams that would result in lost people coming to know him, that would result in communities that have never heard the name of Jesus coming to know him, whether that's right here in Melbourne uh, or in another part of uh, Australia or another nation or in the outermost parts of the earth into unreached tribes. Um, We pray in Jesus' name that God would birth his dreams in you. He would birth resurrection, life, and power in you. Um, In Jesus' name.